Dave Asprey, and I'm the guy who created biohacking and bulletproof coffee. I reset by getting a really good night's sleep in the least amount of time possible. So talk to me for starters. I mean, yesterday your talk was epic and fascinating, and it was kind of interesting to hear you say that you'd flown across rather a few time zones to get here. How do you um, hack jet lag? There are several different systems that control how your body knows what time it is. And you hack those systems using biohacking. The most important system is light. It's the color, intensity, and angle of light. So I use a form of glasses for jet lag called true dark glasses, and they control all of those variables. I wear those on the airplane when I want my body to think it's nighttime. Since I was flying from the middle of the United States, I put the glasses on so my body would know it was nighttime based on where I was going to be landing. The second thing that controls your timing is food. So I didn't eat for a while when I wanted my body to think it was the middle of the night. So red glasses from True Dark and no food equals body thinks it's nighttime. Then I landed, made sure I didn't take a nap until nighttime, slept like a baby, two hours of deep sleep, two hours of REM sleep, zero jet lag. Sounds like you've got that down to um, a fine art, actually. I mean, did you ever imagine in this lifetime that you'd be coming to a place like Ibiza for this kind of festival, a wellness event? I was a 300 pound, I don't know how many stone that is, but I was a fat computer hacker. And the odds of me ever coming here to talk about health or ever being in Men's Health magazine with my shirt off <laughs> or in Vogue magazine, it, it's not even in my universe. I was the guy who would be in Wired wearing glasses as a CTO. It just so happened that hacking the human body is more fun. But I mean, in terms of the reputation that Ibiza has, like, I mean, what have you heard about this place before you came? You know, I know Ibiza because of raves. But I also have some really spiritual friends who just say, this is a magical place. So I know that there's a, a, a spiritual side to it that isn't well known, but certainly the music scene is epic. I also was sort of happy to be coming after the music season was over so I could really get a sense for the nature. I mean, obviously, this island is kind of moving in this direction in general. I mean, we're trying to elongate the scene and have more of a maybe um, or maybe less of a contrast between obviously what happens here in the summertime and and perhaps, you know, the other kind of work that happens here. I mean, how do you how do you offset perhaps, you know, the contrast between the two? It's coming together. Um, there are amazing DJs now who drink Bulletproof Coffee who are into their health. Steve Aoki has been on my show, been to his house, and he really is able to do what he does for decades because he manages this. So you're starting to see this dancing is therapeutic, this tribal community building that comes from the music scene. It is nourishing. And when you combine that kind of community nourishing with eating the right foods and taking care of yourself, what you get is a better community experience. You get better music and you just get better people. So I don't see as big of a divide as some people would. If you're going to stay up all night, just make sure you take care of yourself the next day. 
that was going to be my next question. You know, when you completely lose a whole night's sleep, not necessarily because of the usual pursuits of Ibiza, but, you know, what would you say maybe for someone who's got a new baby or maybe, you know, just isn't sleeping that well, what's the best way to overcome insomnia? The biggest thing harming our sleep today is bright lights at night. Getting really good dimmer switches, making it more like candlelight level after the sun goes down will profoundly change things. The other thing is eating after the sun goes down makes you get worse sleep. Earlier dinners, darker evenings equals amazing sleep. And if you're a new parent, and I am a parent, having super dim lights for your baby means your baby will sleep all night. Night lights are bad, especially for kids. What about the effects that we've seen of the pandemic? I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about people's mental health and, and what happened, which must be, if you'll forgive me, good for a man like you to sort of, you know, be one of the key biohackers and, and, and sort of popping people back on their perch metaphorically. But what do you, you know, what do you think that the effect has had in the aftermath? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are people speaking to you about? Functional medicine doctors and biohackers and others, we've known how to treat this from the beginning, and we have been effectively and systematically silenced. So that's been a challenge for me, not necessarily a good thing. However, now that people are done with it, what's left is the aftermath of fear and trauma and separation, especially the things that governments did to our children against our will. Any mother knows what's good for kids and sometimes seeing a smiling face is more important than other things that regulators are worried about. So the most important thing you can do is work on calmness, work on peace, work on forgiveness, work on dealing with the residual fear that was foisted on you because it's hard to sleep at night. It's hard to show up the way you would. This is about breathing. It's about meditation and it's about understanding that despite how it feels, you are alive during one of the golden ages of civilization where anyone on the planet can access any information, more information than a king or a queen from 50 years ago, and you can do it for free. And that you are provably safer and you have more access to resources than any time in recorded history. This is the reality that we live in. And the fact that people locked us in our houses for two years and destroyed our businesses and our jobs for their own ends that was a short-term blip, they will pay. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> Hopefully they will. Let's not start manifesting in this little bolt hole that we're in now. <laughs> um, so what, you know, across the board, what health trends are we seeing? I mean, not just, you know, in terms of the the obvious um, detriment to our mental health from being disconnected and isolated and obviously fed lots of fear. Sure. What, you know, what are you, what is your personal view on the kind of state of affairs now? Okay. One of my companies is called Upgrade Labs. We're opening franchises across the US and Canada that allow people to put on muscle or get cardiovascular systems that work better. And we do it in a tiny fraction of the time of going to the gym. And we also offer resilience where you can teach your body to handle stress better. And for the first time since there've ever been surveys in that industry, people care more about managing stress than they do about losing weight. In other words, people are saying, I'd rather have a dad bod and have less stress. That's, this is a new thing for humans. We're so concerned about stress. And the new thing is, how do I learn how to manage that? 
And yeah, I care about how I look, but maybe I care more about how I feel now for the first time ever. Interesting. And um, I'd love to go back to your talk yesterday. You were talking about mitochondria, which is a fascinating thing. And I think a lot of people just ha have no idea. Can you just give it to us in a nutshell? Like, what is mitochondria? Mitochondria are ancient bacteria that are embedded in our systems that sense the environment and then make electricity or make sex hormones or stress hormones or proteins. They run your show even though you don't know they're there. And by changing the environment around you, you can make your mitochondria be better at making energy and healthy hormones instead of making stress signaling. So what can we do to um, use them and empower ourselves or train them to support them and elevate us to be our best and most energized self? One of the simplest things you can do is breath work. They're very responsive to oxygen levels and to the speed and frequency of breathing. So sign up for a breath work class. And if you've never heard of breath work, that's okay. You can sign up anyway and they'll welcome you. And all you do is breathe differently the way an instructor shows you. And you feel this magic sense of calmness or elation or stress relief that just floods your body. This is a direct way to access that mitochondrial network. They're busy doing all sorts of things to keep your meat alive. You change the way you breathe and suddenly they calm down, they make more energy and they make less stress hormones. Hello, it's me, Joe. Just popping in here to say if breath work is something you wish to try or bring into your life, there will be some incredible classes at Yoga Fit in April right here on Ibiza. It's a week-long retreat on the very gorgeous beach of Esfigurel. And as well as breath work, you'll be able to explore meditation classes, African dance, booty yoga, conscious comedy, hikes, Mai Tai, body balance, and so much more with more than 50 teachers and 200 classes to choose from over seven nights. You can also just come for three or four nights. The choice is yours. And the good news is I have a magic discount code. Head to the yogafitretreats.com website. And when you check out, enter the word Reset Rebel or just use the link in our episode show notes. Right, let's get back to Dave. Do you think it's, it's possible, um, you know, in terms of what you were showing us yesterday with your incredible physique for a man of your age, happy birthday, by the way, um, you know, you were sort of saying that you have the, the body of a 38-year-old or the mortal capacity. Well, my blood tests show that I'm 38, but I turn 50 according to the calendar. So I'm very confused uh, because I, I just don't know my current age. I, I think I identify as a 38-year-old. Well, what would you say the best way <laughs> a man of your young years has kind of, you know, attained such a goal? I mean, what are the three main things that you would say that you've developed or worked on most because it sounds like exercise wasn't wasn't the one for you which is kind of fascinating and obviously goes against the grain of you know what most of us mere mortals kind of attack as the thing that we think that we can fix and most easily access the big food industry has been trying to convince us that we can eat whatever we want their junk food because a calorie is a calorie as long as we exercise more even though it doesn't work like that I weighed 50% more than I weighed now for the first oh, half of my life because I believed that lie. So for me, the number one thing is learn how to have an empty stomach some of the time. My last book was called Fast This Way, and I've been intermittent fasting for 15 years. I'm never hungry, but I don't have breakfast a lot of the time because it's important your body has an empty stomach. That's the time that your body burns extra fat and cleans up cells that are becoming weak so you can have more youthful cells with more energy. So intermittent fasting, 
And then I used to be terrible at sleeping, and now I get more sleep in six and a half hours than most people get in even 10 hours of sleep. And you could say six and a half hours isn't healthy. No, the studies show people who live the longest get six and a half hours of sleep because healthy people need less sleep. I haven't mentioned anything expensive, any of the anti-aging technologies or stem cells or the other stuff that I write about because I truly think intermittent fasting and high quality sleep that includes darkness before sleep, those are two of the most effective things that have me look and feel the way I do. I'm at 7.1% body fat. I'm never hungry and I use the Upgrade Labs kind of workouts, but I do that (laughs) for about five minutes a week. The way we used to exercise by picking up rocks and running away from tigers we can do better using artificial intelligence. That's what I do. I don't have time for all of that nonsense. I only want to do what works and I measure what works and I do that more. That's what led me to start Upgrade Labs. I think, you know, you you showed us a photograph of yourself from overtraining and and possibly eating, as you say, you know, low-fat things and, and kind of going down the wrong path. But I guess that's, you know, what we're fed to be the way to lose weight but I find it quite interesting in times of climate change that you're really kind of you know when everyone's going like you have to be on a vegan diet we have to go plant-based that that's kind of the antithesis to to the message that you are you know wishing to share the only way a plant-based diet might possibly help the environment is by reducing human fertility because there'd be a lot less people because vegan dieters have a hard time reproducing and have a hard time having healthy kids. Yes, I'm the author of a very well-researched and respected book on human fertility. I'm also a regenerative farmer. I have 32 acres, three cows that are now in the freezer, 25 sheep, 25 pigs, and a whole bunch of chickens, and I am building soil. Soil is the number one carbon sink. Soil requires animal poop. You cannot eat a vegan diet without destroying nature. Because to grow all that corn or soy or whatever you think you're eating in those fake burgers, they are decimating nature. The prairies are gone. The wilderness is gone. The butterflies are gone. The bunnies are gone. The turtles, the salamanders, the ladybugs, and all the ugly bugs you don't think about that actually fuel the soil, they are all being destroyed so you can feel good about this. After talking with a Tibetan lama on the slopes of Mount Kailash in remote western Tibet, uh, we talked about deaths per calorie. The lowest number of deaths of all types of animals, including bugs, including all the cute ones, is to eat grass-fed meat from cows or bison, if you can find one. And the reason you do that is you'll kill one animal per year and no other animals die in the making of of that cow. Cows can eat on nature's land, land that is not actually turned into agricultural land. Industrial meat is bad for the planet, bad for animals, bad for you. If you go meat-free, you will spend more money and more environmental impact on the plastic packaging for the medical equipment required to restore your health than you saved by starving yourself on a vegan diet. It is bad for people. 80% of vegans who go vegan stop within three years because they get sick. It doesn't work. It never worked. And it will reduce your health, your performance, and your longevity. Yes, I was a raw vegan. When did you become so rebellious? Uh, That may be a personality flaw. (laughs) Bottom line is, I don't want to kill animals. I raise animals. However, I recognize the systemic effect of what I do. And it's not okay to tell yourself, oh, I didn't kill any animals. You required an acre of land to be sterilized where the soil was harmed and there is no life left. This is what industrial agriculture looks like. We will not feed ourselves 
foods that make us weak, that destroy the environment for very long. There is plenty of land that if we distribute our agriculture, if your neighbors have a chicken, if you have a chicken, if there's a sheep or a goat, this is how we have done it throughout all of human history until big companies over the last 70 years tried to centralize animal production. It's an experiment that has already failed. Eating bugs and soybeans is not going to fix it. It's just reducing the quality of your food and keeping the big food monolithic companies still in charge. No, get your own animals, support your local farmers, and say no to legislation that takes away your right to eat the foods that give you the most life. No one else controls your food or your biology but you. Anyone who tries to do that is declaring war on the human condition. They are not allowed to do that. Well, ultimately, that comes down to, you know, seed sovereignty, which leads us back to fertility. And, you know, I think that's very interesting what you were saying before about how vegan diets decrease fertility in people. And how do you think then that we bring back, you know, the fertile, not just the lands, but the people? The first thing we might want to do is consider eating our politicians. In the UK, for instance, it's now illegal to own a female pig because you might breed pigs. Only big companies are allowed to do that, but not you. This is really bad because I raise heritage breed. These are 100-year-old or sometimes 300-year-old breeds of animals that are almost extinct. I do that on my farm in Canada. And it's not okay that only big companies are allowed to breed pigs, to breed cows. This is food sovereignty, which is actually personal freedom and health sovereignty. If someone else gets to tell you what to eat or what to put into your body, you cannot be a biohacker. You cannot do anti-aging. And the worst thing I can imagine is letting a politician tell me anything to do. I pay my government to keep me safe from criminals. That is all they need to do. Follow the rules. Anytime they try to tell me what to eat, I'm sorry, that's not my universe. They don't have that right. Therefore, I do not have to obey. I mean, that is very interesting that you have all these kind of anti-aging philosophies because I think a lot of women obviously run around, particularly on Ibiza, I'm not going to lie, kind of, you know, using these hacks. But essentially, we're not sure what the effect of Botox is long term. So, you know, for women that maybe are considering it, that are listening to this, what, you know, what's a great alternative that they could try before going down that road? I've run an anti-aging nonprofit group for almost 20 years, and I lecture to doctors at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, but I'm not a doctor, to be clear. I'm an unlicensed biohacker, which means the regulators can't take the license that I don't have. Botox has about 35 years of research behind it now, and it's generally pretty safe, and it will increase collagen thickness. There are compounds similar to it that are probably a little bit safer. Uh, it's not without risk, but neither is Tylenol or paracetamol, as you'd call it over here. So what I would say is, if that's what you're really feeling called to do, okay, that's all right. It's okay to want to look and feel young. Most important is your energy. You might consider eating some collagen protein from grass-fed animals. My company, Bulletproof, made collagen into a billion-dollar annual industry when it wasn't before. It does help with hair growth, with thickness and plumpness of your skin. And there's studies that support that. You also might consider laser facials and other things like that that use a signal from the environment to cause your body to grow healthier, thicker, plumper skin. And if after that you still want a little bit of Botox between your eyes where there's that ridge, that's okay. You can do it. 
and <laughs> um, thank you for that i yeah i'm obviously seriously considering it there's there's some things going on here but it's, it's intriguing to get your opinion i mean talk to us about alma festival i mean you know this is um a bit of a coup i think to have a festival of this um magnitude really on an island like this one and it's amazing to see someone like you here and michael acton smith and you know some really great people that have so much knowledge and so much wisdom and 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 how have you been you know how what's your experience been thus far I am really happy that the Alma Festival is happening. One of the things that's really important when you're bringing a community together like this is natural beauty and the ability to hear the ocean and to be in nature. And the Six Senses location is epic. It's amazing. So I really think it belongs here. And I've had a good experience Part of part of what makes people healthy isn't just eating the right foods. It isn't just getting a good night's sleep. It's also having community and having love in your life and staying up late and dancing. These are things that nourish our souls. And if you only feed your body and you ignore your soul, you're not going to like what happens. So I'm finding a really good balance of spiritual awareness, of biohacking, of nutrition, and just deep care for the people who are here. So everyone's nice to each other, and it's been a really good experience. I like that. Um, you know, I think everyone spends their whole life on this quest looking for balance. I mean, you know, where is it? I actually don't like balance. Balance pisses me off. I don't want to optimize. I want to improve. And there's a difference. I don't want to give up something that's important and amazing so I can have something else that's important and amazing. Maybe we can make space for all of the good stuff all at the same time. Where? <laughs> Where? Uh, how about here in Ibiza? <laughs> I mean, it's just so lovely to have you here. And I think it's, um, yeah, been a really, really amazing conference thus far or festival or whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, I don't think we've got that much time left, sadly. So I'm really, really grateful that you would um, make time to have a little conversation um, for the Reset Rebel podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel.